You are listening to the Savage Fincast, episode 50, Adventures in Babysitting. Chicago. Criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast, the show that is too goddamn old for this shit. I am Jim Purcell. I'm Raven Perez. And... You may notice the bit of a time lag between this episode and our previous, as well as a certain lack of fanfare or people. <laughs> um, we had big plans once, uh, but life being what it is, Lahayim. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it, last episode was we recorded must have been late, must have been late May because I put it up early June. And it was late May. My turnaround on those ain't great, but uh, we had planned to be do a big 50th episode thing, which uh, <laughs> the summer just sort of got on top of me in particular, and I, yeah. I haven't added any free time to myself, and let alone hoping to, to corral the cats that are the, I, the Savage Fincast crew. Ironically, I've had nothing but time lately, so it wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> For once, I could say it wasn't me. I still, just... I still would like to do something special, getting all the old co-hosts back on, and Eric, of course. And But at this point, we really just need to move on, because now it is September. Mm-hmm. And... You know, that was it. Is Some of the plans um, that we had, it was just, it really was too many irons in the fire. Yeah. Like, when you talk about getting Eric on, Eric uh, was in, he's in the middle of con season. He sure is. And he was doing Spawn and Savage Dragon simultaneously. And so not only is he traveling, he's doing two comics at the same time. Um, you know, I mean, and just to bring him on, he'd only been on like maybe an, an episode ago. Yeah, that's technically in, in chronological order. He literally was on in in May. So Yes. So and it was like when not- Spawn was just starting, I want to say, or no, maybe when Hellark was concluding. Hellark was concluding, and so we had a recap with him. But it's like just the timing of all that. And then you have uh, Nick Justice, you know, founding Fincast father, busy with a babe. Yeah. Busy the week well, creating he's got, life. He's got a baby, too. Craig's got a baby. And a house. And a house and a baby. Yeah. Double double whammy. And uh, you had to move? Yeah. Adam's got his life. He's, he's definitely busy with the lettering gigs. Oh yeah, dude. He never Dark gets a horse. break. Never gets Loves a break. Bastard. <laughs> well, uh, basically, Gavin lives on the other say. side of the world. Yeah, it's we even tried. Right. I even tried to get Gavin, and just Gavin is swamped. So it's just it's really tricky as shit. Like it's really again. Sorry that we didn't have anything special for that. You know, that was the delay because of all the effort. But in the end, it was like, oh, we just need to do. Just I kept, I kept thinking it. one more week we can make this work, and then yeah. I didn't get out of work, or I had to work overtime, or something dumb came up. Or it was good for you, and it wasn't good for you know everyone else, yeah. and it was 
It's just, it's all good. You know what? At the end of the day, we're just keep knocking them out. Yeah. It's fine. The real trouble is now we got a backlog. We got three spawns that we haven't done, mm-hmm. plus this issue of Savage Dragon. Mm-hmm. And I think at this point, what we're going to do is we're going to wait till the final episode, uh, final issue of Spawn comes out, which should be in a couple of weeks, and we're mm-hmm. going to just do this last four issues of Spawn in one block because it is- plus a bonus. I'm going to throw in Spawn kills everyone. Right. Oh, and also with the with the ant crossover issue being the next issue, it might make more sense to do those issues all together anyway. I like that idea. I do like that way you're actually getting the entire ant crossover like all in one fin cast. Right. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so we're gonna, we're we... gonna do that. So tonight, th- this episode, we're gonna try and keep it somewhat short and sweet, as we often attempt but fail at. <laughs> and uh, we're just going to focus on Savage Dragon um, 215. Yes, sir. Oh, None, just baby explosion. Yes, my favorite cover of the year. I'll, I'll oh, yeah. tell you that for a dollar. <laughs> uh, it's it's awesome. It's a barn burner. And even though we're only focusing on that one issue, I still think we got a pretty meaty little show for you. Yeah. I think it's good. I think we got something to say. <laughs> so, uh, first bit of news uh, is that the last issue of Spawn, is which we just spoke about, which is issue 266, is slated for October 5th, according to the Image Comics website. Um, actually, earlier than that, according to Comixology, so it's, I, I'm not sure when it's actually coming out. But, uh, we'll see. It, apparently, it's going to have four co- variant covers, which I did not expect. I never saw that coming. Yeah, I, I guess they got to commemorate it somehow. And uh, and one of one of them revealed is uh, Todd McFarland uh, took a classic pose of the Savage Dragon and decided to amalgam 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 amalgamize him as the Savage Spawn, mm-hmm. which to be fair is pretty clever. It's awesome looking. It's kind of cool to look at, even if he does have the dumb boot. <laughs> Well, you know what's funny is, Eric made sure to say to everybody, nothing like this happens in the issue. Yes. So, so just to, you know, quell that forever, because people were getting stoked. Yeah, people were, getting they, people were actually getting excited about something. People were getting pumped. And i got to be honest, it's so funny, you know, um, it is one of those things where it's like, it just makes so much sense, and yet... It really, if you don't count that altered image parody, right? You dug? Did you dig that up? You dug that? I up. didn't. I didn't. That was brought somebody to else me. dug that up. Mm-hmm. Apparently, in that altered image spoof comic, uh, they 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 did a Spawn Dragon cartoon character mm-hmm. briefly, which I thought but, was kind of a kind of a kind of a good pull. It's hilarious though that you have like it's been all these years. And it's not been an image that has been done until it's been decades now. Mm. And that's the first we've seen of that kind of like a dragon in the spawn outfit thing. So it was just kind of like, it was funny how it really did pump people up. Got people stoked. Should have been skinny arm dragon. (laughs) Old, old dragon. It's always should be old dragon. You know, what's funny is before he clarified that nothing like that happens in the issue. My mind, I'm glad he did that, actually. Yeah. Because my mind was running wild with story possibilities. That's what a good cover does, I suppose. Well, you know, the costume is kind of weak and wimpy and shitty. Yeah. And I was just thinking, wouldn't it be crazy if, like, the Chosen One healing factor brought it back to full power? Yeah. 
that's true. <laughs> that'd be, yeah. I was like, ooh, that'd be cool. I, it's just a cover. At the end of the day, it's just a cover. Man, I can't wait to talk about all the costume variants that Eric's been doing with the Spawn suit over the last couple of issues. It's going to be interesting. Um, Spawn fans got a treat coming up with that one coming up because it's going to be a nice little post-mortem for his run on Spawn. Yeah. And I got good stuff to say about it, so... Speaking of what comes after Spawn... <gasps> up next, yeah. Ant... On the horizon. Which so, isn't really news in the sense that uh, nothing's been announced in terms of dates or anything or format or anything. It's just we kind of assume now that he's off spawn, he, Eric's probably going to be working on Ann at some point. Right. Just because he's doing the whole introduction now, you kind of want to keep that moving forward. Yeah, you wouldn't want to lose that momentum uh, having her be in front of... Uh, this spawn arc has done so good, I think. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Well, I heard I that think... Spawn sales were up. Not so much Savage Dragon. <laughs> oh, that'd just be too good to be true. But, uh, I mean, it's been really good for, like, getting people's eyes. And I think that, like, you know, at least with Ant, hopefully people will see that character. Yeah. And it's funny, as much as I've talked about damn Savage Dragon... I have friends that are just like, oh, this ant looks so cool. Really? I, I can't wait. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like, so weird to me. I, I got to be honest. I never liked Ant's design. I always thought it was boring. I thought it's definitely instantly memorable. It's girl carnage to me. Girl carnage. <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't say it was that bad, but no, it, it's interesting. I, I think not knowing anything else about the character, it's just a cool look. So, at any rate, I mean, I know that's not really news, like Jim said, but uh, more or less, you know, he's confirmed, Eric confirmed he's done working on Spawn. Like, he's finished up his work. So, you know, he's got to be working on Ant. So, Ant's got to be coming down the pipe. Send it out to the the McFarlane grinder. See what Mm -hmm. kind of sausage comes out the other side. (laughs) So, pray it looks similar on the other side. I think this next bit of uh, news is interesting. Yeah, um, so there was this mysterious photograph that like did rounds on the internet, on Facebook and whatnot, of a live-action person with like Savage Dragon like design on him. He had the green skin and the wrong drawn the drawn wrong fin. <laughs> um, I think it. I, I couldn't tell if it was makeup or a Photoshop job. Honestly, I couldn't really. I I didn't have any opinion of it at all. It kind of looked like a Photoshop job to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently it was actually for a, uh, there was like a fan film, short film of some kind being done that was, uh, the guy in the, in the face, in the, in the, in the dragon getup, it was Johnny Mundo, who is, uh, apparently a professional wrestler who is, uh, I believe currently with, um, Lucha Underground, which is, uh, mm-hmm. which is, if you like superhero comics and wrestling, you, you might like Lucha Underground. <laughs> But um, um, I guess it just was never finished. So Eric's has seen some stills from it, but nothing really finished. So it looks like it's kind of a dead project, whatever it was. Yeah, because it's been years now at this point. Oh, it has. Okay. I don't know, years, plural, maybe year. Like, But it's been a while, and so I would assume it's dead in the water. If, if he himself has only seen stills, yeah. then it's probably just... But, like, if, if you're listening... If you're out there, fellows, Johnny Mundo, yeah, John, Johnny, if you're listening, someone please 
either finish it up or share what you've got. I'm kind of curious who's if, if it like a fan is spearheading it, or maybe Johnny Mundo is a fan spearheading it, or he just got like hired as an actor for it. I'm kind of curious of what the details of all of that are. I do know that uh, Johnny contacted Eric to do a poster or a t-shirt design. Okay, so he clearly is involved. So you saw the image on uh, Eric's Facebook of Johnny smashing the earth. And so there was a little bit of an exchange there, but, I mean, past that, there's not a lot of details. It's still vague, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, here's, like, this is what I'm saying is, like, again, you know, share what you've got. Like, even if it's not done, it'd still be cool to see some stuff. Yeah. And, you know, so, and you know when those, those that picture showed up, people were going, oh, oh, Savage Dragon TV show. And Eric was quick to say, nope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is not what this is. Calm down. But one can, it, it fuels your imagination anyway as a fan. Because it's like uh, McFarlane keeps talking about his Spawn movie treatment. That seems to be actually moving forward. Yeah, that's gonna, that's going to be real at some point. Although he's also talking about the spawn, the spawn suit being his jaws. Huh? Like it's going to be like not CG and not a costume. Like it's going to be a mechanical figure of some kind. I don't know. It was very strange. Uh, the, the, the the quote that I read. Ooh, that's weird. But he he called it his jaws, and that's kind of weird. That's very weird. Um. All I was getting at is that I really would like, with all the Larson McFarlane crossover, I would really love for there to be like maybe just a, a whiff. You know, they love a cinematic universe these days. Well, that's true. Just a whiff oh. of Savage Dragon in that movie. Let's uh, get those paddles together and bring that image shared universe back to life. I feel like there's a uh, still a lot of enthusiasm for that notion. It, it's it's kind of it's image the image quote unquote shared universe has always been kind of weird. To, um, and but when it's good, it's good, and when it's not good, it's it's babe watch. Well, when people think about it, though, I still think like for instance that that uh, care that an artist that did uh, all those uh, image founding father tributes. Yeah. And, like, just like, oh, here's Dragon, and here's Spawn, and here's all... And, like, I think it still gets people stoked. I think that's why Spawn, Eric's run on Spawn gets people stoked. Because people still like the idea of those dudes, you know, You know, you know what's not a news item that's sort of related? Invincible's ending. You know, that's pissing I, me off. I would love to talk about that. You, you, you want to do that after the show? Let's, let's, if we have anything to say after the show, let's, let's do that after the show. I feel like there's an invincible Savage Dragon synergy. I feel like I could talk for an hour straight on that just myself. So let's throw that at the end. Spontaneous news items being added as you listen, listener. <laughs> um, Maybe moving right along. You know, this is not the most thrilling news, but I still think it's newsworthy. The old Savage Dragon logo will be returning as of tomorrow. Uh, Savage Dragon 216 is going to feature the old logo. Uh, the thought process being is that the Letterman logo made more sense to Eric when Malcolm was in school. Now that he is out of school, the old logo is more fitting. And in retrospect, he said he wished that he had combined the old logo with 
the book when Malcolm joined the force. That, that, that's when he took the Letterman lettering uh, pieces off, and he kind of made it more like the the original like font of the logo. Right. So yeah, I guess he kind of never really jived with that that update to the logo, and just decided to go back to the original. Honestly, I think the original is more eye grabbing. It's more iconic, and I think it is. it's just more visible off the shelf. So I, I'm fine with it returning. I think that uh, the logo change was good. I love the logo. I, I like the Letterman logo. I'm more, like one of the few that did. Yeah. But uh, you know what? It's okay. I mean, bring the it, it did its purpose to switch it out to really drive home the fact that it's Malcolm's book. We all know it is now. Bring the old logo back. And so it's coming back. Yep. Yep. I won't. I won't lie and say it wasn't missed. <laughs> I think a lot of people missed it, actually. So, uh, last news item is actually not so much a news item, so much as more of a, like a personal milestone. I finally met Eric face-to-face at uh, Boston Comic-Con, I believe, uh... believe back in August now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll just go out and say it was not the most exciting experience, uh, as I am a timid and frightened young man. <laughs> um, being in the in the glo- basking in the glory of my hero, um, to be honest, I, I came up to him and I said hi, introduced myself as Jim from the Savage Fin cast, and you know we talked. And I looked at you know what he was doing with his commission work. He was working on this pretty neat drawing of uh, dragon and dart fighting. Honestly, cool. I think he posted pictures of it on his Facebook at some point uh, in various stages of completeness. But uh, you know because I've had the opportunity to speak to the man, um, people were lining up behind me, and I decided to just you know pass it. You know, let other people, you know, get a chance to meet the guy who may never never get to speak to him again in person. So, yeah. I don't know. I I don't know. I just I didn't really. I've never really been to cons. The last con I went to was like in 2002 when I went to like mm-hmm. a science fiction convention in Long Island, which was okay. pretty fun. But it was a science fiction convention and not a comic book convention. So I don't really know the protocol of like. What do you do when you meet like a creator of a comic? Do you ask for a sketch? Is that presumptuous? Do you? It's presumptuous. They get paid yeah. to draw. So you know what is not presumptuous is to uh, get a you know signed book. Most of them don't care to sign a book. Um, I mean, not all. That's not a hard rule. Right. Some of them. Some of them do care. Um, but like, I think most of them don't care to sign a book. Yeah, um, I guess that's one of the do, downsides of not having any print books anymore, because I didn't have anything really to sign either, although I'm sure I could have hit the boxes upstairs and found something. But I, I just, <laughs> I don't know, it just didn't really appeal to me to get more signatures on my comic books. I've never been a fan of sign sign my comic book. I'll tell you something cool that somebody, I or a bud, used to do. Um, he would go around, he had a sketchbook. yeah. And he would go around, it was a small sketchbook, one of those, like, moleskin. Right. And he would just have people sign it. He didn't necessarily, you know... See, that's what I should have done, because I actually had the foresight to bring a pad of Bristol board with me. And I I had a bunch of sketch cards, actually. But I never bothered to pull them out. I think that most folks wouldn't mind just to sign something yeah if you, if you do get a sketch even a small sketch a lot of the times people want money and it's not really like oh those jerks it's just like if you're you know doing thousands of sketches yeah. in a single weekend like the, all it really does is just help them weed out having to do it right. thousands of times but like i think that's a protocol more than anything <laughs> excuse me but 
you know, it's cool. You got to, you know, shoot the shit for a minute and you got to watch the man draw. Yeah. Which is and weird. Is it really weird? I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you. What do you think of the grip? It's amazing to see in practice. You, I mean, one thing about it is he doesn't drag his wrist through his work. I mean, I'll no. tell you that much about it. And he's fast too. It doesn't seem to slow him down a li- even a little. Yeah, and it's it's it, the way he like draws. It's like I don't know. I didn't watch him long enough to really say, but it kind of seemed like he, he he goes like against the grain, where like he's pushing the pencil away from himself. I couldn't do it. Yeah, like I could. Just, I could. That's just really interesting way to like carve out your drawing rather than like pull it. I don't know. I I, I can't draw, so I, I can't even comment. It was just fascinating for the time I saw it. Other than Eric, right. I saw some other interesting people. I saw Jim Clarfor, uh, Claire, Clark, Cauliflower, who uh, okay. he he drew, he drew a bunch of like um, Marvels, Exiles, and he did a Teen Titans run, I believe, and. He's a oh he's he did um uh, leaving Megalopolis with, with uh, I like Exiles uh, yeah his yeah his Exiles run was excellent but uh he's got a really interesting style that I've always really liked so it was nice talking to him uh, I I saw uh, Stan Sakai from uh, from a distance nice I, I really should have you know approached him but I I didn't <laughs> uh, Fred Hembeck was there I didn't really talk to him either but I did see him honestly I don't know. I, I, I kind of wish I had had somebody with me, honestly, just to kind of share the experience. Because when you go, like, by yourself, it's kind of weird. It is better to think that – it is better to go with someone else who is enjoying it. Um, right. When, when I went, psych I was yourself, with my, Psych each other up. Y- yeah, you can feed off each other's enthusiasm. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm like a really speedy window shopper when it comes to stuff like that. Like, yeah, I kind of went into like flea market mode when I went when I when I was there. <laughs> I was like bouncing back and forth to like all the different stalls just to kind of glance at what what they, what was going on, and uh-huh. moving on to the next one. I I didn't really like spend much time at any one place. It, it's good. I'll tell you what's the way to approach a con, especially that one is just uh, find some com- creators who you appreciate and just make sure that you, you know, get some time in with them. Um, that was mainly what I, like, I when I went, I, like, you know, got to, you know, just say hi to the dude that made Dawn. Right. I got to say hi to the dude that made Evil Ernie. Uh, and, yes. like, Frank Cho I got to say hi to real quick. I won't lie, I actually went down the list and picked out all the people I wanted to meet, and I pretty much met I pretty much met everyone I went to want to go see, except for one guy, and that was uh, Phil uh, Jimenez, uh, Jimenez okay. who is, a, he's like a longtime DC artist. He's currently working on Superwoman at DC with DC Rebirth, but uh, mm-hmm. I went looking for him in his booth, and I couldn't find it, and then I realized his booth and him was the one booth between all these other booths that didn't have any name plaque or any like <laughs> comics at all. He was just there working on a huge commission, just <laughs> just just working on that commission in his stall between all these other like elaborate setups, and he had nothing to indicate who he was or what. <laughs> which means, and because he was working on a huge commission, I didn't want to bother him, so I never really you know talked to him like I wanted to do. But it was it took me like five minutes to figure out. That's who it is. It's the only person it could possibly be because I, I checked the guide and figure out who's the person, wh- where, what's his stall number, and who are the people that are between him. And yeah, that that's the only one he could have been. <laughs> you know, I did get to hear him speak though because I went to a couple of panels. I went to the DC Rebirth panel and he spoke at that. And then 
That's really it's, DC Rebirth is actually pretty cool. Actually, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I think DC's turning that ship around pretty well. Sells wise, they are. Yeah, the D- Detective Comics is really good. It was pretty good, and Superwoman is one of the best, probably superhero comics right now. Mm. Corporate superheroes, I guess I should combat <laughs> that with, but it it's way better than I expected. <laughs> well, you know I don't care, but. <laughs> It's still good to still good that you got to meet all those cats. Yeah, like it's still I good. I want to do it again, but I don't know when I'll get another chance. So I'm kind of glad I took this opportunity, but at the same time, I'm not sure if it was worth uh, thirty dollars. I, I couldn't I'm get just off. Just glad of I didn't spend a fortune on a weekend. If if I could have gotten off work, we would have gone and we would have both been there. Yeah, and we'd have had a damn blast. Yeah, we probably would have had a really good time. Because the trick is, you just gotta have somebody there who's enthusiastic with it, right? That's like if you drag if you around, exactly. Like when you're tired, they're like getting you pumped up. So uh, yeah, man. I'm well. I'm glad you got to go. And the thing is, is it's like it is cool that you got to like you know meet him, shoot the shit, watch him draw. Like that's awesome. You know, I didn't really super interact with Eric when I met him either. Because I did the, basically the exact same thing you did. I like looked back, saw the line piling up, saw people with stacks of books in their arms. And I didn't have money for a commission, so I was like, well, you know. Why I'm am I just standing piece. here? Yeah, I, I've, said, I've said my piece. I stood back off to the side and let other people do their thing while I and watched you. You don't want to stare at them like some sort of freak show. <laughs> well, you know, you stared at the drawing board, but... <laughs> Hey, right. You had fun. It sounds like you had fun I, to me. I think overall, I definitely did have a fun time. I mean, if I didn't, I wouldn't want to go back. You got to think. The thing is, is, it's like this. It's like, you know, you gotten to talk to the guy a couple of times, so maybe you've built it down in your mind. But, I mean, the thing is, is that it's like, you know, Jack Kirby was alive in our lifetimes, and now he's not. And I never got to meet him while he was still alive, you know. Yeah. Get him just saying like that. It's kind of like you never know. Like you really got to like get out there and meet these people when they're still feeling like even wanting to do it. Like has nothing to even do with health too. Because like the more successful people get, the more of a pain in the ass conventions become. Right. Because they really don't have to do them. Yeah. That's sort of the impression I sort of got uh, overall at the convention is that a lot of those like headliners, the people that they were really paying to be there – Right. Didn't really need to be there. Most most of those big names. Frank, don't. they were doing a big to do with Frank Miller. That was like their big headlining act. Was Frank Miller exclu- Frank Miller weekend? <laughs> Did you get to see him? Uh, no, he wasn't at his booth uh, when I was there. It was actually I, I it was a big empty spot next to Eric's uh, and the other like second tier artists, per, uh, 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 invited artists. Felt so bad for the dude that was next to Eric when I went because, like, here was this dude that was right next to Eric, and like the line for Eric like wrapped around and was just straight up hardcore blocking. Oh wow, that's like yeah, he a lot more than was in front of Eric when I was there. (laughs) Yeah, when I went, there was like the craziest line, and it was like I felt so bad for the dude next to him because it's like you couldn't like that guy. It was like, what did he even come for? Yeah. Was, no, that, what, was that like in the regular general area or was that in the uh, invited artists area? Invited artists. Oh, interesting. I think. I don't know sure. the difference. Well, they, 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 
they like separated like uh, it was Eric and um, Capullo, the guy doing Batman right. art, and like I can't even I can't even remember who else was there. I didn't really care about any of the others. <laughs> window dressing, really. <laughs> oh Lord! Well, a bunch I, of Wonder Woman and Batman guys. Yeah. Ironically, Capullo and Eric—that'd been your two Spawn artists side by side. That is true. I didn't think about that. <laughs> Be like, so, Greg, are you reading Eric's run? What Spawn? I do Batman. <laughs> I, I, like Batman. I cut Joker's face off. Dark Knight. I got the Dark Knight. Nah, it's glad. I'm glad, dude. I'm glad you had fun. I recommend it. I think anybody who gets a chance should pop out and, you know, meet him when you get a chance. Just because even if you only have a tiny interaction, it's still neat. Yeah, it is neat. Still cool. And, you know, did you... He really doesn't mind if you flip through those big piles of art he brings. Yeah, he... he uh... Did you get a I chance? Don't, I think I did briefly, but again, it was one of those things where I didn't want to like overstay my welcome, so uh-huh. I kind of flipped through them a bit, and I said, yeah, yeah, this is really neat to look at, but uh, I'm not a big art guy, so let's just move <laughs> on. Uh, it was a thrill and a half for me. I was like, oh, look at all this cool shit. <laughs> I, think that, I think, you know what? I think that's probably the thing. Being a writer guy, there isn't as much to like to like drink in at a con that is all very visual-based. Uh-huh. That, that old dude, yeah, yeah. yeah you're making sense. I think about it. That may be sort of why I sort of behaved the way I did, because I couldn't like my attention just wasn't grabbed because I'm not such an art guy. Oh my god, dude, that's it. That's it. Because if you're an art, if you're not into artists, like I don't even know what you're there to see. Because like there's those big piles of art. There's getting to see people draw. There's people working on commissions right before your very eyes. It is huge about the art. Yeah, I don't know. Did you meet any writers? <laughs> no, not particularly. Okay. I mean, I've, yeah. I've met some writer artists, but yeah. Yeah, I, I, I see your point. I see your point, Jim. I can't I can't really say that would have been a thrill if that's what you were there for. So we need to move on to our interesting conversation. Uh, if Craig was here, he would tell you that this is our opportunity for you, the listener, to write into us with any Savage Dragon or Eric Larson-related uh, questions you would like to um, us hosts to discuss. Mm-hmm. And uh, for this uh, this episode, uh, we got one from a Miles Kane who wrote, "Longtime listener and love the show, so I've decided to attempt to get you guys to talk about a subject that, it, unfortunately, I haven't had with many people, as I do not know a lot of pinheads, which I think he meant finheads. Uh, <laughs> Eric has created what is, in my mind, one of the greatest universes from a single creator since perhaps Jerp Kirby's Fourth World. In the beginning, there were loads of miniseries and done-in-one-shots showcasing these characters. But as time has passed, comic sales dwindled, as well as other unforeseen issues. These secondary characters have seen less and less time in the pages of Savage Dragon, uh, save for an occasional backup or two. I myself have always loved She-Dragon, and I'm very curious to see how she is handling life as as a normal instead of a freak. Uh, what in your threes, or in this case twos, opinion is a character you would like to see more of? Miles Kane. Yes, thank you, thank you, Miles. This is actually a really nice letter, um, and much really, appreciated. Much. And I, um, right off the bat, I gotta say, I also agree. I would like to see more She Dragon, um, mm-hmm. or in this case, Aunt Amy Bl- Belcher, Bletcher. It's Belcher, right? I say Belcher. Belcher. Yeah, that sounds like the sort of humor Eric would have put into the character's last name. <laughs> um. <laughs> I actually, um, 
before like Malcolm became a cop, I had this like uh, head cannon idea that Angel would become the cop and her and Amy would like be partners. <laughs> okay. I thought that would be a really good idea. Uh, of course, mm-hmm. now I think Amy should be like uh, the uh, godmother for one of the one of the dragon triplets. Amy's currently a normal cop, isn't she? Yeah. Okay. Yes, she is. She's a uh, blonde. She's bo- random blonde-haired woman cop number three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very in the background. Um, her her biggest claim to fame since becoming depowered is being uh, replaced by mutation briefly, so that she could steal something that I can't recall. <laughs> Very noteworthy. She has Very definitely not really been in the book in a while. And I think that she should be in the book. Yeah, I'm going to uh, stick to pretty much my uh, guy, I think, needs more time in the spotlight, which would be a Thunderhead. More Thunderhead, yes. I always said Thunderhead. Get him get him in the book more, you know. He's uh, Malcolm's brother. Yep, and he's you he's, know? he's got a very interesting, like... He could be like the new rock, I think. Yeah. And like he could be like at the center of like the freak community or because he, he straddles both lines of the vicious circle and the good guys, quote unquote. Yeah, I think um, just he's got a great visual hook. I think he's uh, got an interesting, you know, poor me kind of character like you saw with Mako. Right. You know, really good. Will he be bad or will he be good dynamic? Which, you know, at this point. He's been pretty consistently good. Well, he's, he's still never he's been having a lot of good luck because Malcolm's taken him mostly under his wing, and you know he hasn't been driven into the dirt like what winds up happening with most freaks. But you just know one like one bad turn, the guy could go anywhere. <laughs> so hopefully, uh, hopefully, as the book goes on, we'll see more um, Thunderhead. I, I would love to see more Thunderhead in the book. Absolutely. Oh, I wouldn't mind seeing more She-Dragon, too, so... Well, I think She-Dragon should be gone. I think Amy should be in the book. Oh, just Amy. Just Amy, one. yeah. Not a She-Dragon. She's not She-Dragon anymore. I just think, mm. you know, the continuity... The, I think the character has something to offer to the Malcolm era. Yeah. That is different than what she offered to the Dragon era. It would also be interesting, I guess, to get her uh, perspective. Yeah, I would. that would be an interesting character. Yeah, I could I could dig that. More Thunderhead. If I got to choose, I'm I'm choosing Thunderhead. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. And of, um, and of course, my other standby is I always want to see more Neutron Bob. <laughs> yeah, you know, who, it's who, funny who we haven't seen in a while. Who is may or may not be still be depowered. Now that I think about it, well, that's kind of resolved. You go back and you read the series. Now you've read it the whole time. You realize how little Bob actually is in there. Like six issues. He's not in. Uh, yeah, out he's, of he's in the prison break, and then he helps Dragon out in the Savage World, and then he gets his stomach cut open by Kerr, and then his most recent outing, where he fights uh, Kill Cat and what's his face? The other he's, a he, he's a he's a hero. Kid Avenger. He's a hero in that issue. <laughs> so, but no, no, I, I'm I'm with you. Uh, it's funny, the, you know. This book, there's so many good characters. So many good characters. There's 20 pages every month and a half. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's sweet torture. This is one of those books I wish the sales were there to justify side projects. Yeah. Because, goddamn, I could read read two books worth of Savage Dragon characters a month. Easily. 
Easily. There's enough. There's enough characters And, and there. you can just see us, because we get desperate. We read Spawn. <laughs> well, you know, that's like... Um, it's it's funny, because like just throwing, throwing real and quick and invincible nod in there. You know, Invincible's winding down, and uh, there were these major players that were taken taken out of the picture off panel, and like in a couple not off panel, in uh, actually in a spinoff in, in uh, that Invincible Universe spinoff. And it's just one of those things where it's just like, but these, these characters though didn't even get like any screen time in any book anywhere. It's just like, well, they're dead, and it's, everybody was like, man, I really kind of would have liked to have seen that fight like it's got it's kind of one of those things it's like oh all these good characters sets them the breaks man there's only so much space yeah only so much space so we need to move on to the main issue uh of course savage dragon 215 whoops real quick before we do um thank you miles kane uh you will be able to get your pink sailor moon inspired shirt of course Uh, um just contact us with your uh, information and I'll get you sure ASAP. If you, the listeners, have a interesting conversation, please write us in. Tell us whatever the questions you would like us, the host, to discuss. Just because you've won in the past does not mean that you can't try again. There are two shirt designs this year. Uh, that is savagefincast at gmail.com. Moving along, 215 review time. My favorite cover of the year. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, of any comic. Busting through the wall of babies. That is just a great cover, isn't it? I love it. It's the kind of thing that just makes you want... I put this up on my wall, and it was like more than any... Because I always like solicit Dragon on my wall. Yeah. More than any other cover, people were like, I really want to read this comic. And I was like, you should. You're missing out. You you should be reading this book. It's, it's kind of like... a. It, it, like the perfect culmination of like the the Malcolm uh, era to this point. It's got Dragon. I mean, it's got Malcolm, and it's got his baby issues in like uh, metaphorical raining down around him, uh, <laughs> and then of course squaring off with his arch nemesis Dart, the world's worst babysitter. The world's worst babysitter. Yes, <laughs> I love this cover compositionally. I love, you're right. This is like, Malcolm's whole like thing has just been so baby-centric. Like the first, the foursome, and then he had all those babies, and there's been all the babies in the infirmary, yep. and just been a shit ton of babies in this. Um, the interesting thing about this issue is it kicks off Eric's new experimentation with coloring. Um, I guess, looking at it somewhat closely, he's basically added a grain filter to all of his coloring. Mm-hmm. And it's given basically it's given everything kind of a texture that it didn't have before, and I mm-hmm. really dig it. I think it it really does something um, unique. Um, it's almost like you're looking at an '80s movie with like a really thick grain filter in an HD <laughs> picture. I think it does uh, add some visual interest to if this was just flat colored like this, right? Because if you notice, there's not really even shading hardly. That's true. There isn't a lot of like gray shading in like the edges and stuff. It's just flat coloring with this this grain filter over everything. Although you, know, you do get the shading in the clothing, not so much the character uh, skin tones, which I guess right. really helps make the skin pop off everything else. 
which I maybe was his entire intent to begin with. I do think it looks good though. I, I like it. It's uh, it's weird because it's kind of like it looks old and yet and yet you know you've got that crystal clear white paper right next to the paper texture within the panel right but it's still it's a cool visual i think it's one of those things i appreciate always if you're reading savage dragon you're just gonna have to you know accept that this is a book that always does experimentation but it's not even like a thing you have to accept because it's kind of like it's cool it just keeps it fresh keeps it interesting Right off the bat, um, I don't know if you recall, but we were uh, last 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 episode. We at the end of the episode, we were speculating uh, as to the fate of Barry. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe Eric went with choice number three: glue him back <laughs> together and pump him full of Malcolm's blood. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I won. <laughs> See, what's what's amazing is that is the most logical thing to do in this universe. You, uh-huh. he's 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 a he's a dragon. Logically, he needs healing factor. Fill him up with some chosen one blood. It, it, it and that would just be the most logical thing to do in the Savage Dragon universe because you got the, you you know that dragons uh, or Dragon and Malcolm are like super resilient to being cut in half. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll glue right back together, lickety split. So you pump that blood into the berry and you, you stick his torso back on top of his hips and watch <laughs> the magic happen. You know, the thing is, is this, is like, they they actually rationalize it. They actually, like, reason, like, and go, the first page is them thinking it through. Right. And it all was this just like, losing all of his blood. And it's just like, well, you know, he's fucked if we don't. Which, that's that's the only thing I was thinking. And I was like, well, you know, he's fucking dead if they don't try it. Right, exactly. So- Honestly, they should just try it with everyone who gets cut in half. I mean, it shouldn't matter if they're dragon or not. If I mean, if they're going to explode later, I mean, they're ultimately, you know, still better off in the short term. <laughs> just exploding people in the vain hopes that, that they one will of live. Them will take yes. <laughs> it's all they should do I, at Hillman's Hospital. Is they bring you in, they inject you. I love that it worked. I love that it worked. I love that that's what they tried. It's great. Fantastic, and I love the little setup for the trial of Mister Glum. Yeah, and the uh, I I like like the 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 four logo. Oh yeah, Fantastic Four. Fantastic Force News or something. <laughs> you know, Glum is uh, still flat shaded. Love it. Yes, he's still a cartoon character. He is Howard the Duck. I love it. I don't. What do you think? What are your thoughts on that? Since that's a coming up issue, now, the uh, trial of Mister Glum. You, how how are they going to wrestle up a uh, impartial jury? I I honestly have no idea. I I kind of hope it goes to a logical conclusion, uh-huh. because you, th- you think about it. He is a he's a intergalactic warlord. He is not a Glum. Isn't an American citizen. He's not a citizen of the earth so does the united states government or the un have laws in place to deal with extraterrestrial criminals since they have been in situations where aliens have invaded before i want all these ants these questions answered so my head cannon <laughs> works <laughs> well i you gotta think this uh you know it's a crazy kooky world where 
crazy kooky things happen. I still can't for the life of me figure out how they're ever going to get an impartial jury. But as far well, as laws... Well, you don't because if you if you go to like international court, it's not jury or peerage. You get judges, uh, a panel of judges to to like hear your case. It's not like a it's not like a criminal case or a civil case. This is more like mm-hmm. a this is a war trial is what it ultimately should be. So in mm. that case, the, the rules would be follow more like military like law. In that case, you would have your panel of judges that would make a ruling at the end of the trial. Well, I uh, I gotta be real honest. I uh, am just curious to see how the hell that all shakes out. Yeah, and we're getting we're getting that before the end of the year. They'll, so they'll hang him, all, all <laughs> two and a half feet, thirty pounds of him. <laughs> just the world's slowest long. Like the wind blows and he's just moving. Just hanging there, going okay. Anytime now. <laughs> gonna get the chair. I'm gonna go with the chair. I kind of want him to get loose. <laughs> and just you know, be pissed off all the time, like in the shadows. Interesting wise, interestingness wise, it's more interesting probably for him to get loose because you know he's got that fixation on Angel. There's that. So that makes him because his angel's dead, but you know there's still an angel right there. Right. And so you know it kind of is way more interesting if he gets loose. But uh, he yeah, comes we'll from see. personal stalker. I'll, you'll team up with Daredevil. <laughs> the League of Suitors. Uh, they um. That or, super pa- or that or will try to break out and Super Patriot will just blow him apart. You got it because he's not he's not really like super strong or anything. Right. Like he he could get shot down. Right. Yeah. He's oh. he's pretty much I believe he's slightly stronger than an average human. I mean, remember he went toe to toe with average dragon in jail. Oh, and they right. were pretty Bingo. much at a standstill. So Captain America strong. Right. Yeah. Well, that's still pretty damn strong. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Barry comes to you killed my mom. You killed I saved my mom. Life. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's like he has to realize, he has to realize that he was, you know, he's in a hospital. Like he has to realize that. I mean, clearly he didn't. But it's just like, kid, come on. Like you're gonna st- you fixated on that forever. Get over it, Barry. Jeez, it's just your mom. It's just your murderous villain mom. I I love the. Uh, the uh, Malcolm and Maxine screwing with uh, Angel and the baby name shtick. Huey, Louie, and Huey, Dewey, and Lucy. Yes, Luis. I was praying that that was going to be Huey, Dewey, and Luis. I was praying that it was going to be that. It's kind of weird that they're talking about naming them when Angel should probably have a say on hers. No, no, they, they they even go over that. It's like, sorry, you know, got to make them seem like triplets. Right, so give them the goofiest names you could possibly think of. Adolf, Ebenezer, and Isis. Yes. <laughs> that, those are probably the best choices. Those are the winners. Those are the best names. Uh, let's see. You got, uh, you flip two, Malcolm and Angel take off. Uh, they're hauling balls. There's some great looking action. Just like... Angel and Malcolm running and jumping over cars and shit. Yep. Angel's <laughs> quite acrobatic. They don't really... Uh, Eric doesn't... Well, okay. We don't see Angel, like, 
doing like the super jumping like that Malcolm usually does. So I kind of wonder what her like vertical leap is capable of. Well, you know she's stronger than Malcolm. But maybe she can't handle the landings as well. Yeah, you know, we never saw Smasher jumping through the air. Right. Um, just the way though that like maybe the maybe arc- super aiming is important for super jumping, so you don't wind mm-hmm. up like sailing off like in a completely wrong direction or something. I would I would have to say that like you know it, it's got to be a thing. You never saw Smasher. Could per, like portrayed as super acrobatic, right? Like she never looked. I I never remember her. Maybe I'm remembering wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. But I never remember Smasher sailing through the air with ninja-like grace. Malcolm does that shit all the time. So I think super aiming, like all that, it just sort of ties into that. It's probably why you don't see that that much. But you know, we get that classic, like the old angel mouth. Oh, and I yes. love what's I love what's going on with Malcolm's like super rough scratched up nose in that picture. I, I will say this: I'm not super in love with that really thin line art angel in that top uh, right hand panel. Oh, you know, like I, I think it clashed way too much with like the super detailed one on the previous page. I'm okay with it. But clearly, there's some rough stuff going on on this. He's definitely but, experimenting. Uh, because yeah. you see the thick lines on Malcolm and the thin lines on Angel, and then you get the zipatones. It would like the super deep background uh, look on Angel's face there. Yeah, the choppy, the choppy nose, just the texture on the nose. I'm just like, I don't know. I like it. I like that kind of rough stuff. I think uh, them jumping over cars. It's just like that's just great, like uh, movement. And those Larson cars. <laughs> yeah, the the box cars. Square. Those uh those grills aren't even straight. I'm noticing they're very sketchy. <laughs> this whole thing is sketchy. I, it does make you wonder, like, if uh, he's going to tighten that up once he is off of spawn, or, you know, he's still going to be doing ant. Like, is he going to keep it loose? Like, what's going to be going on? I'm okay with it, though. Like, I like it. And if you notice, it's not really that way throughout the whole book. It's definitely not. He's definitely switching from, like, ultra detailed to, like, super loose a- a- as he sees fit. Mm-hmm. With the 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 next very next page has uh, Malcolm with little dot eyes, yeah. <laughs> which is funny because I think really only works with like this style of coloring. Yeah, you know it does. I I, I agree with that. It's almost like uh, oh I can't even describe it really. Shazam. Yeah. Like Shazam eyes. Yeah, it's kind it kind of does kind of feel like like really like classic Captain Marvel, like some CC Beck. CC back action. I'm I'm okay with it. Uh, like I said, it's clearly there's some rough experimenty type stuff, but it's fun. And uh, you know what's funny? I love Malcolm holding that tiny phone. <laughs> <laughs> Just the way he's holding it up to his head. They they barely make shirts in this size. They don't make phones. <laughs> yeah, although you know the tablet phones. Oh, yeah, he could just be carrying around a, a, a 4G iPad for a phone. Uh-huh. There you go. It looked like normal in his hand. Then he'd go to put it in his pocket and wouldn't fit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny. I'm so dumb, dude. When Maxine came to say goodbye, finger quotes, right. I, I didn't even realize why. I was like, oh, why this, scene, this scene's kind of pointless. 
<laughs> I was like, why is she holding him up? I was like, oh, what's a good luck charm? Nothing. I'm like, I was, I'm so dumb, dude. I didn't realize what was going on there at all. Flip the page to the awesome double page spread. Yeah, and y- 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 this, this this page is crazy. Cool. Badass. It's it, badass. It seems dude. familiar. I think she did this to the little wise guys once. Yeah. I wonder if yeah, it's the look. same like fire altar too. I we'll have to you know yeah. what, listeners help us out. Um before we get too far though, I gotta I gotta say, zoom in enhance to mm-hmm. uh, Malcolm's left, um, our right, his left leg. Okay. Does that look, does that not look like a decapitated head with a mohawk? It does. Are we, uh, is Rogue, is Rogue Warrior no longer among us? You know what? I feel like he isn't because it looks like she's basically killed everybody. I I wouldn't imagine that's, I wouldn't imagine that's Rogue Warrior. I sure hope not. I wouldn't imagine, because that doesn't look very much... Eh, could be. Shit. I don't know, dude. You talk about off-panel deaths that make you sad. That would make me tremendously sad. You look amongst the um, rubble, I don't think too many dudes on the floor are anybody. Right. But if you look on the walls, there's Easter eggs galore. Can you can you name? I see Superman. <laughs> oh, I didn't look that closely. Um, okay, off the mouth. Thor's right. hammer. Thor's hammer. You got Superman. You got Batman. Wait, where's okay? Batman is that kind of demon-looking guy on the on the left. Well, actually, use Malcolm as your frame of reference. All right. Shoot off of Malcolm's right hand, two heads. Boom! There's Batman by the baby fin. Off of Malcolm's right hand to our left. To our left. Oh, okay. So a, All right, yes, there is a baby hand. There is a Batman head. Now shoot off of Malcolm's left hand off to the right, and uh, there's Superman with the spit curl. So you got two heads, and then there's just one head all alone by Dart's thigh. This is good. Listening. Oh, is that a, okay? I, I, it's 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 such a uh, non-detailed drawing. I, uh, the the split curl didn't really register with me. All right, now jump all the way over. Uh, you know, look at these heads there. You see Mjolnir, you know, Thor's hammer. Right. Drop down to the row of heads. Come over. There's Overlord. Yep. And then right next to him, that's the, uh, you know, the uh, other guy, the Overlord, like, archetype. Yeah, I forget his name, too. That's okay. We, we know-ish. Enough-ish. <laughs> Firepower, maybe? Oh, uh, I think it was Dread Knight. No, 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 no. Well, I think Dread Knight is there, but uh, I believe Firepower was the guy who kind of looked like the in-between stage between Dread Knight and Overlord. But uh, those were the only ones I identified. Yeah, I, I didn't. I couldn't identify any of the other. The bigger heads, I think, aren't anything special. They could be. Uh, if you want to, you know, make them work, they could be uh, demonoids. Yeah, that's what I'm. Uh, a lot of the the demon looking heads all kind of look like they're like demon he- demonoids and other underground dwellers. Yeah, I would just assume that's what they are. But the fact that uh, it's funny because I love this. I gotta admit, dude, I just didn't see this trophy room. Like, clearly, Dart just... She's been working. 
She gets crazier and crazier with every issue. And I, I, what I kind of take this scene for is that she's reached the point where she's literally killed every vicious circle goon left. It, it's got to be. Like, That's who, sort of who? the impression that I got is that she's making this the final stand and she's going to she has just killed everybody. I don't know. I, I can't imagine that anybody is left alive, which is why I'm afraid that Rogue Warrior is gone because he's like the last named character in the vicious circle that we've seen. Yeah, that could be him on the floor, my man. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I kind, I kind of imagine they get back from the caper, and the first thing she does is cut his head off. Because she is. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah I could see it. Uh, this uh, basically yeah this this whole thing this whole fight reeked of last stand. I, I agree with and, you. And it's a stand that she made because I don't I, she's crazy. Yeah, she's insane. Well, you know like like uh you know Malcolm Aston he's like what do you want and she doesn't even have a good answer for him. She's like for you to suffer and die and it's like it's like uh, whatever Dart really wants. Yeah. It's, it's, not, she, it's like she has no real vendetta with Malcolm. It's like she's just built up this idea that she is his nemesis, so she has to be this. I think it's kind of consistent with Dart's character that she has always thought of people as needing to be eliminated. Right. Like she's got some agenda in her mind, whatever the hell it is, and she does have it in her mind to eliminate these figures it makes sense that she would fixate on Malcolm as a figure to be eliminated between her and clearly if he was gone, she'd be better off. You're right. But it's like, he, it's he, funny. yeah, he is something that stands in her way. Therefore must be eliminated. And I just got to say, bro, super duper duper love the like, slow motion, baby falling sequence. Like the two page <laughs> I love it. I love it, dude. I love that there was so much time spent on just like, if it was a movie trailer, it would be like dun 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 dun. dun it dun, it dun, definitely dun, dun. is very different than what Eric usually does for these sorts of things. He definitely slowed this moment down considerably. I, I just imagine crossing <laughs> these panel borders so <laughs> slow. Babies. <laughs> and, uh, oh, if you're oh, oh, I caught another uh, um, trophy cameo. If it, there's two. If you, if you, yeah, there's Sandy Claus, and I guess that's Easter Bunny now. Right next to him, who is uh, cut off in the panel. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know what's funny is probably the guy next to Easter Bunny is somebody I just don't know who, but uh, yeah, definitely Santa and Easter Bunny. <laughs> Which that just shows you what a badass Dart is. Don't fuck with Santa Claus. Dart does. Now, then things get kind of weird for me. Uh oh, this is Jim. This beef. is me getting super technical in my superhero universe. Here comes Jim's beef. I've he always understood me. the God Sword to be magic because it's a God Sword. And okay. Maybe it's a relic of the gods. Maybe it's unrelated. It and the God Gun. Mm-hmm. We haven't really got a lot of details on where they actually came from or what their you know what their purpose is. Exactly. But my understanding of the God Sword is that it cuts through anything at like a molecular level. It's like super sharp, like right. stupid sharp, like impossibly sharp. Okay. The fact that this force 
field stopped it at all is kind of confusing to me. Mm-hmm. If only because of what we know about the God Sword is that it, 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 I don't know. I mean, I can accept that the fact that it did destroy the bubble in its first whack, so that's still pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I can't really accept Uh-oh. is how Malcolm catches the fucking thing. <laughs> that makes no fucking sense in any reality. To me. Well, I'll just try to sell you on what I believe based on what I was thinking, right? So as I read it, here's why I just was like, okay, I accept this. Because I accepted it without much trouble. Um, You've got your classic of movable object meets unstoppable force scenario. Okay. Uh, You know, obviously Dart's sword being the unstoppable force, Malcolm's shield being the immovable object. When the two meet, what happens? Well, as you see here, both things cancel out. Okay. So the the wristwatch explodes. Like, it explodes right off Malcolm's wrist. Like, instantly explodes. So, like, the minute she struck it, yeah, the sword didn't cut through, but, like, the watch just shit the bed. Right. They so, overloaded. It was just too much for it to take. Right. So, so the what I'm thinking... And again, we don't have any details to go on, so maybe the God Sword would have gotten better over time. Right. Or maybe the magic just sort of, like, had a moment of weakness or whatever. Right. But what I'm thinking is, is you kind of had just a the same sort of a shorting out effect happens. Okay. I can see on that. On the sword. My only, like, my only problem with that is, everything Malcolm knows about the God Sword, how would he take... How would he know? How would he willingly put it to a point where he get his hands chopped off if he if he guessed wrong? It, it does take tremendous fucking balls. Yeah. To to so catch I mean, it. I mean, I think the I think the actual idea is here is that he's actually pinching it with like the tips of his uh, the upper parts of his uh, palms, so it mm-hmm. isn't actually cutting him. He's he's just he just he's just grabbed it at like a the point where you can't cut him. But mm-hmm. I watched. I one of the very few episodes of 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 Mythbusters I ever watched was about catching swords, uh-huh. and that shit. Trying to catch a katana, you always cut your palms off. Remember, he's a superhero. I mean, super aim, answer for everything. And you know, I could totally buy the fact that he busted it by applying force in the direction that the sword wasn't built for. You know what? That that I accept. But grabbing it like that is just I don't know. It was just one step too far. <laughs> well, I you know, you can't love everything. I accept it. I'm okay with it. I actually thought it was a, it was funny cuz like I said, dude, I'm so stupid. I I bought it hook line and sinker. I didn't even for a minute, I was like good luck token. What you mean the kiss? Duh. I didn't make I don't know why. I just like I'm super suspense of disbelief when I read stuff. But the minute I realized it was like, okay, unstoppable uh Force meets immovable object. But, but I didn't even think about it as an immovable force because the force field, while impressive, is there just a Rex Dexter in, in, uh, invention? It, it, I'd always assumed it just had limits, and that's why it was that. I mean, it was fine for Maxine to protect her from getting like super punched to death once or twice, but <laughs> but it's still just a bubble, and it, it, and if like Universo tried to step on it, it probably wouldn't save her. 
Well, I think you're seeing its limits right here. Uh, I think, like, the God Sword was, like, the kind of... Like, it couldn't handle it. Right. I mean, it obviously so, couldn't handle it. It, it, it. The the overload effect, it was very clear. I think you're right. If Universo had stomped on it, she'd be dead. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, I mean, it's a it's a very cool fight scene, and I don't I don't want to get too far away from that fact. Is that this is a really good showdown between the two characters? I just kind of feel that the God Sword and in and in another respect the 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 Force Field were just being you know taken off the table just to move things forward. I'm okay with it in a way. Um, I just I just, I just find the the, the the real problem I have with it isn't really that I have a problem with it. It's that I feel that it's the the new dart too the the modern dart the the Allison uh-huh. dart she's just so iconic with the sword um not I, I, the sword is gonna be like a detriment to like her design well I, I will certainly say that the sword and the whole ninja thing go hand in hand um that being said you know story wise it's interesting because you know what she do now to become a player like her darts don't do shit against Malcolm. You know, he catches him and throws him right away. Right. Um, now she doesn't have her sword. You know, it, is it shark time? It is shark time. It's, I mean, shark going to come back? Shark time, yes. Yeah, shark's going to come back. I'm just saying it's like, what she do now? Like, it's kind of like, if you look at this whole issue, it's like, this is the last stand. She went wacko and killed every damn buddy, and she ruined her damn sword. She's still got Belko in her back pockets. That's true. So, so she could pop out to Belco and get them to whip something up for her. But again, you know, we still don't really know what the hell her motives are. You know, that is some kind of ritual looking cauldron. You know, was she trying to do some kind of occult thing? Who That's knows? not a bad thought. I mean, maybe this will tie into uh, the the master. Wait, what was his name? You, you know, it's funny is you're the one that spotted him on the cover, too. Oh, I did? Yeah, you, yeah. you were like, oh, that's that, the That was cho- months ago, Raven. Months ago. <laughs> That's right. Oh, uh, what is his elder? The elder Shao Kahn. What is his name? I don't recall. It, Eric has, has actually has not given him one. He's kind of been just using placeholder names until. I think it's the ancient one. No, the ancient one's someone else. Isn't the ancient one uh, the other name for typhoon? Or hold on, we can solve this real quick. <laughs> Brenda, Brenda Funk's your keyword. If we find out, I know that Brenda, because Brenda Funk got her power from Savage Dragon Wiki. Come to me, Internet. Brenda Funk got her powers from. Come to Papa, come on. Brenda Funk. Brenda Funk, Malcolm. I don't know. I can't find it. <laughs> well, it's okay. It'll be turning up next issue, actually. It's, uh, it, needless to say, it's uh, one of those things where it's like, uh, you you don't know what the hell Dart's up to, basically. I don't think uh, Dart knows what Dart's up to. I think, you know what? I want to say that she probably has a method to her madness. I, I think she was just going, uh, was it Queen Mary who killed all the virgins and drank their blood? <laughs> one of those. Well, one of those one crazy of, English queens. One of those crazy rulers. I think uh, I think there's a method to her madness. I think she's got something in mind, but I eh, don't have a damn clue what yet. I think uh, 
like you said, there's probably not a mistake. It's probably not a coincidence that this is very similar to the kind of thing she did with the little wise guys. Right. Well, yeah. That, well, that, in Humphrey's fact, that's a good catch. Still got their blood too. So. Yeah, there's, she's got a couple different things in the mix. Like, uh, and as we'll see, you know, without jumping straight ahead to the issue, but clearly there's something to do with dragon blood. Like she never, you know, clearly there's something to do with dragon blood, whether she was going to get it from the babies or, and there's sort of a whole thing of like, she's got these, uh, this idea that like, you know, having the dragon babies or dragon, like chosen ones as members of the vicious circle, like at her command. I mean, that's what I thought was the plan, but then she tied them up, up by their ankles and dropped them into a bucket of fire. You never know. I just, you don't know. <laughs> Uh, regardless, her, her plans talking. have many plans within plans, <laughs> plans with like, like layers, like, but, uh, you know, Malcolm catches the darts, the building comes down, Brackathum, you know, Boomy comes out, he saved the babies. Uh, but you know, he's like, they're like, Oh, where's dart. And then we get Barry, Barry, who damn it, Barry, it, could you look how strong he is? <laughs> he's such a hero. What? What a fool. What a f- yes. What a fool. So my first interpretation of this scene was that Dart gave him a smooch and then Barry put his fist through her head. But I'm pretty sure that's not the case and that he dragon exploded. As I I don't know. I got to be real honest. I don't know how to take this last. I don't know how to take this last splash page. I have no idea, because... If I remember correctly, this is very similar to the other times that, um, in particular, um, way, 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 way back when Phil was his name? Was it Phil? He got paralyzed from the waist down from by mm-hmm. Mako, and so he had Dragon inject him, and he got his own green skin and fin. And then very soon afterwards, he red splotched to death. And I think this is very similar to when that happened, so I think the implication is that Barry went splarch. I'm going to say, I feel like your first instinct would be more interesting. I feel like Barry... Just crushed her head. Ice dart. Yeah. Because you know what? Maybe uh, this is uh, Barry stepping up to be a player. Clearly he's on the path to villaindom. I got to say one thing, though. If it is Barry exploding, there is a bit of a logic gap because you know what happens when you inject Chosen One blood into people who aren't Chosen Ones. So as soon as his his body knits back together, the very next thing you're supposed to do is inject him with as much freak out as you possibly can. So I don't mm. know why Lorella may have dropped the ball on that part. I mean, he's off on his own. Maybe he ran off. I mean, maybe I can. Maybe that makes sense. Yeah, my whole thing was just it was surprising. Just to see Dan Barry running around. Like, just to see him running around. Oh, yeah. I was just like, Look, I he's like, got two of these leg stalk things. <laughs> Isn't that cool, guys? And then you're going to run right to the woman that chopped you in half in the first damn place. It's like, Barry, whatever happens next, you deserve it. You idiot. Yeah. You idiot. You imbecile. So that's the issue. And I got to say, when I I flipped the page and saw the sea of red, I was like... Classic punch-out ending. It's like, God damn it. (laughs) Somebody's dead. Yeah. Maybe both. Maybe none. I was funny. Somebody said... (laughs) Maybe. 
somebody somebody asked Eric there on Facebook. They're like, "Was that a printing mistake?" <laughs> it was like, it was like that's been one hell of a printing mistake. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. It was a heartbreaker. I can't wait. Luckily, you, we don't have to wait. Have to wait long. long. <laughs> yeah, to, to, it'd be mere hours. So, um, just uh, all in all, your thoughts? Uh, you super? Do you enjoy it? Were you, you lukewarm? I, you I think it was a good accumulation of events of the last uh, several issues. I think it was a good. I feel that there's a conclusion to a trade paperback here. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good, good punt. It's a good, good conclusion to that Dart Malcolm arc. Ever since, basically, ever since. Oh, geez. Uh, Maxine and Malcolm got married, leading to the babies all being born, and finally mm-hmm. concluding here. I think it was overall a very excellent arc. I will, uh, Dragon has arcs. I will say that uh, I did not want for action um, in the least. Uh, I thought it was absolutely fantastic action-packed. Here's an asterisk. When you have a cover that awesome. Mm-hmm. So as to suggest that Dart and Malcolm are going to be fighting in the middle of a bunch of babies. Right. I cannot help but feel like an opportunity was missed to have Malcolm and Dart fighting in the uh, infirmary. No, 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 no. Raven. No? Raven. It's a metaphor. The, the, (laughs) The babies are on both Malcolm and Dart's mind. (laughs) This is a metaphor. Metaphorical cover. I thought I thought that cover was insinuating non, that it was non-literal. <laughs> you know me, dude. I was li- I was like, oh, they're gonna fight in the infirmary and be like, which one of these they'll, babies are my baby? <laughs> they all find it wind up in a pile. Yeah, yeah, Big they gotta pile. just or just like you know, Dart's so fucking crazy. I decided just we'd be seeing like you know her swinging that god sword around in the infirmary and just like baby giblets going everywhere. I was ready for that. I was not disappointed in the least by the issue, like, at all. I'm just saying that the cover did sort of sit in my mind to that place. So I was like, oh, but nevertheless, still, I give it a 10 out of 10. Fantastic. Ass kick in action. I, I also find it excellent, and I really like the uh, changing coloring. I hope that sticks around for a while. Yeah, I hope it sticks around uh, for a while as well. Um, I, I thought that coloring-wise, all kinds uh, not just the paper texture, but just all kinds of nifty stuff was happening. Like when Malcolm catches the sword and then the next panel's like all red and he's shattering it. It's just a badass thing. Like there was some cool stuff going on with color here. Um, especially love. I mentioned it before, but I'm just going to say it again. The coloring on the two page slow motion baby falling sequence. Mwah, beautiful. Loved it. So, just fantastic job. Uh, what is it? Nikos? Nikos bringing the colors home these I'm, days? I'm pretty sure he's still on the... Nikos, fantastic. Simply fantastic coloring on this issue. I'm not sure if like he did the flats and Eric like demonstrated what he wanted and then had him do the rest, or if Eric did all the... the, the had more of a hand in it this time. I mean, it'll be something to ask him next time we talk to him. I um yeah I, I loved it all um it was fantastic I thought this was the colors were just so good on this issue um so yeah coloring experiment a success in my book as well it was just my big fat agreement with you Jim excellent back up time this is a, a 
fascinating backup. I didn't expect. It looks to be its own thing. Uh, I don't know if it's like trying to like find a jumping off point to like do its own do their own series or something. But uh, as far as like, I don't know. It kind of feels like something I would read in like Dark Horse Presents. So it's kind of interesting for that. Very Kirby influenced, I think. Oh yeah. I'll agree with that. Uh, you know, you've got kind of that end of the world, everything flooded. I, I like the uh, huge setup. Like, this just sets up a world in a page. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. That first page with the, the four, like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just like the one panel is just like, oh, yeah, the whole world's the shit, and it's all flooded, and, like, we, we try to make it better from this place. I'm just like, eh. It's good. It tells you everything you need to know in a page, pretty much. It's okay. It's Surf World. Yeah. Well, it's just a flooded world. It's good. I liked it. Um, I like the art uh, in this. Um, I like the art better than the story, just myself personally. Yep. I, I felt like um, the dialogue didn't exactly hit home as natural, but it wasn't like problematic to where I couldn't enjoy anything. It just could have been a little bit smoother, but... I mean, you know, the action that was here was good. I like uh, thrown out to our boy Invincible again. Anytime you see a hero just work things out. Yeah. That's always going to be interesting. I thought she was just going to beat the shit out of this thing, to be honest. <laughs> and then, you know, they, they work it out. They, they work it out all right. I will say that uh, my brain had trouble processing the sequence where the main character leaps out the window through the monster's head. Right. And then sort of, and I think it's just like where the panels, the way the panels like sort of like line up from the left page to the right page. I guess. Like I was, I guess. Yeah. I was just like, I was like, Ooh, how is this? Cause she leaps out the window and smashes through the thing's head and then still somehow winds up back amongst her friends. And I was like, did I read this wrong? Like, how did that happen? Like, how she smashed through that thing's head and still wind... It'd be like if I jumped off a third floor window, fell down to the ground, and then still wound up back on the third floor. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I kind of get it. I, I, I don't know. She's, she's got rubble still on her, so I was thinking there was, like, a time gap they didn't really, like, explain. Mm-hmm. But because she still has rubble... She has rubble in the bottom of the the page and then she still has rubble on her at the top of the page suggests mm-hmm. it's the same scene. I did. I figured it out. I figured the rubble was the clue and I figured it out, but it's still weird to me that she jumped from the floor she was on. Right. And then still wound up back amongst her friends. Like that's just weird to me, but whatever. I mean, I'm saying it's just a small, a, a knit to pick just a small thing. Um, I like the design of her in her mer person form. I think it's a cool look. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, what did you think of the funnies? The funnies, origami, <laughs> origami one is choice. My my, that... my only issue with it is it has two panels more than it needed. It could have just went from book <laughs> to doll. To hospital scene, and then it would it would have been the same comic. I agree, I agree. You didn't need the book sale or him looking at the book, but you know what? It's fine. <laughs> it, it's fine. It's a pretty panel of him at the book sale. 
And uh, yeah, but I, I do agree. But uh, no, it's it, it's good. That is hilarious. I really like the art on um, Brain Pan and Cheesy. Yep. I just don't super love that joke. But uh, it still doesn't matter. It's a beautiful little uh, beautiful little strip. Yeah, I, I gotta go. say it's a very uh, newspaper punchline. Yeah, yeah. I don't. It's, I don't. It's, necessarily... it's like you'd read in Mutts or in one of those other mm-hmm. animal-related ones that I can't recall. I gotta be honest. I do expect stuff a little bit raunchier in Savage Dragon. Right. Like, in the funnies, as you see, there's a joke about a guy boning a woman made of origami. Right. Right beneath this one. So it was this, it's probably just me. Probably somebody else was like, oh, that is good shit. Me, myself. I mean, the lettering is awesome. The art is awesome. Ah, yeah. The coloring is awesome. Yeah. I, lo- I love the personality and, the, like, everything on it is top notch. It's just, yeah, the joke didn't land with me, but I'm still not hating it, you know. Four out of five. So, <laughs> but no, this is good, solid funnies. Aquaria, like, it's a good, it's, all in all, it's good. And uh, I think we're going to get uh, another uh, dose of Aquaria in the next issue, too. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I think you can expect more of that next time. So, all in all, good issue. Yep. Uh, you know, I loved it. I'm happy. So, that's what Savage Dragon 215. Um, in books. <laughs> Only three months later. Only. <laughs> So, what do we got coming up, Raven? Let's take a glimpse into the future. Ooh, it's been a while. Can I do it? I don't well, of course you can. It's, it's yours. You own it. Savage Dragon 216. Malcolm Dragon enters the underworld and encounters the enigmatic ant. Can Spawn be far behind? A shocker. Unfortunately, I don't get much to work with for my final Spawn. <laughs> Spawn, uh, Spawn 268, wait, Spawn 266, Spawn Savage Dragon crossover, enough said. (laughs) That's it, and you couldn't ask for better solicitation. (laughs) I don't know, I could ask for words, sentences. Give it to to Stan Lee, do your best Stan Lee, since it's got enough said. Just just say Excelsior a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't do Stan Lee, I'm... Do your no. Even if it's not good, it'll be great. Do your best. No, I literally can't think of what he sounds like. Spawn and Savage Dragon crossover. <laughs> you know he's got that. Shah, 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 shah. Does he? Okay. Enough shed, true believer. <laughs> okay. Not yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm excited. I'm excited for both these issues. Um, the cover art of Spawn, Malcolm, and Ant. Just coming at you from an explosion is fantastic. I actually kind of, um, you know, it's sad is I never buy variants. Right. But I'm going to have to at least get Spawn, the Spawn Dragon one and the normal cover. Okay. And I never do that. Well, I'm just still curious what the other two are and who's drawing them. I am curious. Um, and also, it's funny, too, because on Image's website, it doesn't say there's four covers. It says that there's a, a variant cover by Todd, which we would know which that one would be. That would be the one. So, who knows? Who knows? So, interesting stuff. Maybe, and You know what? Maybe it's some unusual covers. Which covers? Like, Eric drew some extra covers that he 
never got will never get to use. Yeah, I'm down for it. I'm down with it. Um, whatever they've got, whatever they got to uh, this whole collaboration, I would love to just do a post mortem with him on what you know. A eulogy, like, even. <laughs> just like because the thing was is like the differences between Spawn, what he intended, and what Todd let get to the page. Yeah. For, it's insane. Like for instance, Eric was drawing Spawn in the full costume, and Todd decided. Like, no, 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 his costume's not going to be in the book until after you're gone. And so suddenly, like, you know, it's like now he's got the spawn commando, you know. With the, I don't know whose idea it was to have all those gun belts strapped to him, but that is probably the worst spawn design I've ever seen. <laughs> all, well, all I know is either Eric gave him a bunch of toys mm-hmm. uh, for his toy line, or, like you said, he redrew them all himself. I'm thinking, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm thinking he re- went in and just redrew, like, this Commando Al Simmons over there. We'll talk more about it whenever we do our Spawn Fincast, but uh, it just kind of kind of was like a surprising, like, it's just an amazing idea to me how little actual, like, final communication <laughs> there was to think that you're drawing something, and then when it hits the printed page, you have as much clue as the audience what's going to be in the book. Yeah. That's weird. That's crazy. It is. But, uh, sounds kind of maddening. And I'm excited for uh, 216, Ant and Malcolm brawling in the sewers. It's going to be good stuff. Um, so, so, do you want to carve off a quick uh, little chunk of time to talk about Invincible ending? Yeah, let's talk about a couple of things. Um, uh, real quick before we get into Invincible, did you see Captain America Civil War? New. Oh, okay. Never mind. I'm off a of superhero. Oh. Say whatever you want. Okay. Well, it was good, is what I was going to say. Sp- okay. Sp- Spooderman was excellent in that movie. I know a lot of people liked it uh, for that reason. Um, but yeah, that's about it. It was a good movie. <laughs> I, I hope that you have more to say about it, but you don't, so. Doctor Strange looks real good and might actually get me into a theater. Yep. Uh, that second trailer, as of this FinCast, they just released a new trailer, and it kind of looks maybe too good to ignore, but uh, I don't know. I'm feeling a little off of superhero movies. Okay. Well, I'm still on them. I'm on Marvel Studios, at least. They, they've not let me down yet. I even watched Ant-Man, which uh, I hadn't watched yet before, I, which I hadn't watched yet, because I didn't think it was going to be very good, and it was okay. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's probably the second weakest after... What's the first one? Well, hold on. Let me think of my order. Iron Man 2 is garbage. All right. So that, <laughs> that one doesn't even rank. But okay. Incredible Hulk and then Ant-Man. Ant-Man is, like, yeah, on the good side of Incredible Hulk. But Incredible Hulk isn't a bad movie. Incredible Hulk is just a weak movie. So Ant-Man and Incredible Hulk are similar in that respect. You talking Ang Lee or Edward Norton? Uh, well, the, the Ang Lee one's just called Hulk. Okay, okay. So Incredible Hulk is the Marvel Studios movie that counts. Edward Norton. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. So that movie was okay, uh, but it was an early movie, so it, it gets a gets a bit of a pass. Iron Man okay. 2 doesn't get a pass. That movie was garbage. I hate that movie. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't hate it. How they fucked that up so bad. I hate Iron Man 3. I liked Iron Man 3 more than a lot of people. I think I liked it because I liked the fact that Iron Man wasn't fighting more Iron Mans. 
I like the fact he was fighting fire people with superpowers instead of more Iron Mans. They just looked like they could have been um, TV show villains. Yeah. Like, they they weren't movie scale to me. Uh, Okay. Well, you know, I disagree. I think, I I, I just like the fact that they weren't, it wasn't a superhero fighting uh, himself. Ant-Man fell into that trap where Ant-Man fought Ant-Man at the end of the movie. Yeah. That was his biggest disappointment, is that it, 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 it kind of had to go that direction. All those Marvel Origin movies are that way, too, bro. All of them. Like, I know. Um, Believe me. Iron, Iron Man fights Iron Monger. Ant-Man fights uh, other Ant-Man. You know... Uh, Yellow Jacket. Yellow Jacket. Yeah, Hulk fought Abomination. Hulk fought like Abomination. They, Captain yeah. America fought Red Skull, which is... I guess they're, they're both super soldiers in a way. They did fist fight, didn't they? Yeah. So they must be up to par as far as strength goes. Yeah. Hugo Weaving's already said no more Red Skull. Well, no Hugo Weaving Red Skull. That matters to me. See, it's so funny because it's like the same reason I hate um, corporate comics, you know, because of the lack of consistency and stuff. Like, I know you're well, in real laugh. life, people get old, so you have to recast. I know, dude. Man, that's they recast like three people in those movies. I know, the like, major characters. It's it's starting to get to me. I'm starting to cast like, Hulk, and they recast War War Machine, and they recast. Uh, no, I guess no, not Pepper Potts. Who did they recast? There was another one I forgot. They're gonna recast. Um, eventually, they're gonna recast like uh, Tony or Thor. No, I think they're gonna actually retire Tony. Um, I think I think he, his character arc is reaching an end, and I think they're gonna replace him. Uh, with a new Iron Man. We'll see how audiences accept that. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. But And also, <laughs> they're talking that after Ragnarok, Thor is going to get taken over by the... Uh, the um, uh, What's her name? Um, Female Thor? Yeah. Which will be Jane... Uh, I forget her last name. The character, Jane... Uh, they're not going to have Natalie Portman do it, all. Well, they? Natalie Portman hates being in Thor movies, so maybe they'll recast her. <laughs> See, and it's funny, it's because... She's not in, in Ragnarok, the, she's done with Thor. In, in the beginning of... Um, in the beginning of uh, this whole thing, this whole Marvel movie, the neat thing was the continuity, the right. consistency. It was kind of crazy that... They, like, it's starting to come apart. Well, here's and my it, opinion on that matter. It's actually very straightforward. Uh-huh. How much you cry when artist when the when the artist has changed? That's why I can't read those corporate books. That's why I don't like it. I don't like it, dude. It, it's like it you, kind of. You didn't me. like when uh, Dicto switched over to John Ramona Jr. I mean John Ramona. I wasn't reading Spider Man back I'm then. I'm just saying it's really not that different than just an artist change between. Honestly. But I don't like that. And, like you're or even an artist change like between series because these are all separate series. I mean, I can get why that might be a pet peeve, but it's not a deal breaker for me. That's cool. I mean, I, I understand there's tons of James Bond fans. Like, they don't give a shit who James Bond is. They just like that character. Well, that's not true. So people generally have their Bond, who are the, the James Bond they they like the most. I like, uh, what's uh, Daniel... I think Daniel Craig's the best James Bond. See, in, in my opinion, but what's Pierce funny... But Pierce was mine when, was my James Bond because he was the 90s James Bond. I think he's the worst James Bond. <laughs> I like Brosnan. But, that, but, but to be fair, those movies just were very 90s. But I think here's the thing is I think it's like that's the same problem I have with corporate comics 
you know, that's the same thing. Like I have a problem with like, you know, once they start switching out, like the people that I liked, it's like, mm, you know, mm-hmm. but, like I really was annoyed that Mark Ruffalo replaced Edward Norton. He, like, even really though Ruffalo was like a billion times better. He was better. I, I did have to get over it and be okay with it, but it's just kind of like still, it's like, eh, damn you, Norton. You couldn't have kept I, I, it consistent. I, I guess I understand. I just, it's hard. I, it's hard. It just for doesn't me to... affect me because I don't know. Like, like here, here's a good example for me anyway. Okay. I did not even realize that they recast Rachel between Batman Begins and Dark Knight. I did it's because I, those actors they don't look anything like... alike. But I did not notice. <laughs> Granted, Rachel's character was the worst part of those movies. But I didn't did not even I didn't even bat an eye at that at that change. Like I don't like that Rhodey was replaced right. between the Iron Mans. Right. I mean that Don Cheadle. They didn't even try to get a dude that looked even remotely like the other dude. Yeah. I mean I watch uh, Game of Thrones. There's been like four different like actors playing the Mountain. It, oh really? That's like one of the more noticeable. Yeah. There's been like recast. There's been like two characters in that show that have been recast in the middle of the show. Oh, bro, I can't deal with that. I hate that. Like, I hate that shit so bad. It's so annoying it, to it's, me. It's, I find it fascinating more than annoying, <laughs> I guess. Because I, I, this is just this is reality. Reality is life moves on, people get old, and sometimes your agent gets you another job then you can't commit to another season. And that's really on the casting directors who, who fucked up, really. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I guess the thing is, is for me, and this is why I read, like, indie books, is just I like that consistency. I, I like things to be like artists change. Like Ryan Otley's art changed from the time he got on Invincible oh, yeah. to the time the book's ending. Yeah. So I even with a single. It's actually really weird. He started out like really cartoony, then tightened up and got really cartoony again. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. Like the latest issues, the characters in the background have dot eyes. Yeah. And it, when I first saw it, I was like, huh, dot eyes. There they are again. But it's just so funny because it's like even within a single artist, like your styles are going to change. But at least for the most part, it's consistent. Actually, that's a really good example. The the transition from Walker to Otley was like super painless because they're such, you know, cut from such similar cloth. They both have a very like open cartooning style that, I mean... I can't even remember my real uh, my my at the time opinion, but all I know is that when Wyatt when uh, Otley took over, it was just it felt seamless. Honestly, the the like the the pages that like Eric Larson drew because they were all those guest artists in that one transition issue, that was the most jarring because they were such so such a significant departure from what Walker was doing. Um, I want to say maybe I'm wrong, but I want to say that Walker also. Was or Otley was trying to make the transition easier. I would believe I, that, yes. I think he said that, that he didn't go full on Otley until, like, you know, right. he sort of was in the book for a bit. I think also the colorists are instructed to do that, too, that, like, before they make big changes, they make subtle changes. Right. So that it's not jarring. I mean, although I, I, I do recall Invisible did go through a period of being very shiny, like Dragon did. Actually, <laughs> love, it may even have been Nikos who did it. I love the shiny era. You know what's so funny? People hated the shiny era of Dragon. I I, I did. I yeah. I, I, re- I did. I remember. I think you were I like was very vocal about disliking the, the 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 shininess. I went back and I reread some old like issues, just like you know, 
I'm sitting on the pot reading some old dragon and like I don't mind it. It's fine. Like all that screen flare and stuff, see, all that that's stuff. the sort of jarring thing that I notice when something changes. And mm-hmm. that bugs me when that, that <laughs> happens so radically so quickly. Basically the transition from um from uh, was it Rude? No, Rude was the early one. Who, who Crabtree? Crabtree. Crabtree. Yeah. The transition from Crabtree to Nikos was just such a, such a jarring change. It took me a while to really gel with the guy, and he really had to like change his style before I really got it. Really started to like it. Like he's he's fine now. He's been fine for years, but those early mm-hmm. issues just really got me. You know, FCO. He didn't he didn't make any subtle transition. Like when he just came on Invincible. His art, his stuff was just like super rendered and super lavish. Who? Uh, FCO, the dude that's doing Spawn. Oh, oh okay. But, but he also, you know, he just suddenly popped on to uh, Invincible, didn't and I remember that. Yeah, FCO had a run on Invincible. I want to say it was like during Conquest and stuff. Really? I guess yeah. I completely didn't notice. Or the Invincible War, or something like that. But FCO, he didn't. He didn't do any slow transition at all. Like when he popped on the book, his shit was like I didn't super. I, I didn't think there was any filler until until Corey Walker came back for a few issues, and then sort Waya sort of got really slow. You know, so I keep saying Waya. I mean Otley, because Waya was his screen name for years. Well, you know what? I mean, Invincible fans know what you mean. <laughs> they they know Waya. Everyone. It's funny. It's like everybody knows. But like, uh, so if you say it, don't worry about it. But it's like one of those things. Invincible, I feel like, with it ending, because we started to just sort of drift naturally from the Marvel movies into that. I feel like the thing is, everybody's mad about it ending and stuff, but I'm just super fucking okay. I'm I'm not mad that it's ending. I'm just mad that it's ending now. I think I'm pissed because Walking Dead continues. Walking Dead killed Invincible, make no mistake. I get that, and I, I, I kind of resent it for that. It is sad. But but it's not just that. Invincible is one of, was one of those big titles that came out at a very formative time for my comic book reading interest. Sure. And it and Fables have now both ended within like a year of each other. And those are like both for like huge tentpole series for me. Sure, yeah. And I'm just... It's just kind of sad that something like an an independent comic inspired by Sav- inspired somewhat by Savage Dragon's structure, mm-hmm. very is much being given an ending, and it just it feels wrong. It feels like it's the kind of comic <laughs> that should be going on forever, like Dragon. And well, I, I mean, even Dragon's going to end one day. Well, no, well, maybe. I mean, I mean, you know, you know when he drops. Well, I mean, you know, it's funny he, because like he, we can't get the pencil out of his caveman grip. Bury him with it. <laughs> it used to say when he drops, you know, every now and then it feels like you'll see like who was it? Some, like people change though. I'm saying it's like I remember when um, Kirkman was saying that Invincible would run to 300 issues, right. and then he was done. And now he's like, oh no, it's and, and Hellboy ended the same way. Yeah, Hellboy ending was another one that was sort of. I mean, I didn't. I, fortunately, I wasn't reading Hellboy like regularly because I'm kind of far behind. I didn't want to like skip ahead, right? So, but it ending felt like a real like Calvin and Hobbes moment or Far Side moment, like reading while you're ahead moment. Well, that's kind of what I think like Kirkman's trying to do with Invincible, 
is he, he like he said he's like oh i just you know i feel like it's just time like i feel like you know that like otley's ready to move on and yeah. like i don't want well, to replace him see that's the thing about otley i think that i think i'm i'm also projecting at otley because invincible has been fucking late the last two years like a like like six issues a year late like savage dragon at its worst late yeah and it all seems to be down to why uh oddly not hitting his deadlines well i mean he did have some health issues well, but i didn't let's... know about that that if that's his if that's the reason then it's fine well they weren't like you know it's artist issues like i mean honest to goodness just sitting and drawing back is a bad I, I understand like it did it, it devastates you. i had a week I, I read manga. I know all about the debilitating crush of, of drawing comics every week. <laughs> yeah, it's it's terrible that it, it should not be. Just but says like, Hunter X Hunter. Does he? Oh, you don't know Hunter X Hunter? I know that oh, he is real slow. I don't he, know. He's got lower back issues, and basically, it comes back for six weeks, and then he gets hurt again, and it's gone for three years. You, ugh. Good lord. Um, I, basically, though, I know that like Otley had those health issues, but I'm gonna go ahead and say, and I hate to say it as an Invincible fan, but um, I have felt like some of the heat was off that book. And um, I, I won't disagree about that either. But I kind of think that with the with the the baby stuff, I think as as a as a as a someone who focuses on writing and tone, I thought that was an intentional thing getting Mark away from the whole superhero thing. And it's supposed to be a slightly slower burn. I, I kind of didn't want it to rush back to fighting robot on earth because I felt that it left it at such a point that that is something you can leave for a long time before you have to come back to it. I, um, it, it's, it's really tough for me because it's hard not to identify that as Walking Dead started to succeed, right. and I'm talking about TV shows succeed, right, right. like as Walking Dead started to succeed, it just has felt like Invincible was the redheaded stepchild. Yeah. I love I love Kirkman's work, but he has never been a three or four book a month guy. Um, Lord, he's I, tried. He's tried, and I think he is strongest when he's doing one to two books tops. There have been times when Invincible and Walking Dead were hitting on full cylinder, like month, month and month, and you're just like, oh my god, this guy's killing it. And then he, Kirkman would start up like, you know, Thief of Thieves right. or Astonishing Wolfman, or he would split or his Super focus. Dinosaur. <laughs> Can't imagine that was too taxing, but he would. So you are right. He would start a third or fourth book, and just all in all, you would feel, I think. Invincible took the hit because Walking Dead has always felt consistent. Fair, yeah, okay. And yet, Invincible, I think, takes the hit whenever Kirkman steps off in a project land and starts doing other things. This is purely, by the way, right? Just my feeling on what I've read, like as I read it, how I feel with what I've read. So it's kind of rough because I feel like you know, Invincible has taken the hit over the years. And I feel like it's hurt the book. I feel like um, if he could have poured the TLC into just Invincible, I think he's he's tried getting his superhero comics to go. Like he has given a lot of resources to it. 
Um, my, one of my favorite books of the year it came out was Invincible Universe by Phil Hester and Todd Nock. Mm-hmm. That was fucking amazing. And apparently, mm-hmm. I guess it got... I, I'm not sure if it got canceled because Kirkman wanted to do all this stuff with Robot and get Mark off Earth. Or if it, the sales weren't there. Because it was all about the right the same time that that, that happened. It's hard to say. But I feel like if the sales were there, it would have worked anyway. I... My dream is that Kirkman ends it, and then he brings you, uh, br- brings them back on uh, an invincible universe, and just lets somebody else have the reins. Because I think, I think that could be good. If as long as here's, I'd be okay with that as long as Mark's closure remains Mark's closure. That that makes sense. I'd agree. I I'd, I'd agree with that. I'm not saying that Mark necessarily has to die at the end of the book, right? But he can't. But be, if, it can't be about him. But yeah, if Mark and Eve take off, I think like you know, let's not have them in this new Invincible Universe book. But I would buy that. Because I would buy that. Because I've I've read them all. I mean, I read Capes for God's sakes and Tech Jacket, <laughs> right? And and uh, um, Invincible Universe and well, Guardians of the Globe was kind of Invincible Universe before Invincible Universe. Because what they did, what they tried to do was they tried to do a Guardians of the Globe series that mm-hmm. didn't sell, so they put Invincible's name on the cover, and I think that helped considerably. I liked Guardians of the Globe. Yeah, or Guarding the Globe, because uh, apparently Guardians of the Galaxy, this this unknown Guardians of the Galaxy property blew up at exactly the same time. Yeah, I always thought that was bullshit. That was funny. Um, um, Guarding the Globe. Oh, and of course, Brit. The Brit comics have all been fairly good over the years. and I enjoyed Brit. To lose all of that by concluding the Invincible series, I think, would be the biggest loss. Because there's just so many toys in that toy box. I feel like um, we will probably... I mean, who can say, obviously. But I feel like Fuck we... Science dog. Oh, science dog, dude. What a hard Bring break. science dog back. Every single issue of science dog has been gold. I, I've loved every everything we've gotten with science dog has been I can't fantastic. believe Image Comics passed on it. And goddamn Corey, his work on Invincible lately is the strongest. It's ever been. It has, no kidding. He is, he is blowing the fucking balls off that book. It is nuts. I love his work. So, yeah, get him a science dog book, please. But um, I'm with you, Jim. I think that if um, you were to give Mark closure and then just let the rest of the toy box develop without him, I mean, that's always an interesting idea is like, how's the you know world go on when Superman and Batman are gone? Like, there's tons of interesting stories to tell there. Invincible's always been the crux of his own universe. Right. When he's gone, let's see what happens. Someone's got to fill the gap. So. Well, that's sort of what it's leading into with uh, him returning to Earth because he's been gone for a while. And our, our, our robot utopia is looking <laughs> better than it should. I think... If I had to guess, I can't believe how much he's fucked up that 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 Earth. You know, you, it's, it's, usually superhero universes try to keep the baseline at reality. Uh-huh. He has totally flipped the script on that. Oh, it's yeah, I, it's really interesting the conclusion of Invincible because um, two players have to share the stage. There's Robot and the Viltrumites. Right, and that's so it's like that's also something I worry about because that feels like you're trying to conclude like two major storylines at the same time and that either can work out great or it can be a clusterfuck 
Because the thing is, you really don't want one to steal the spotlight from the other. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's I guess it's be... Mark's greatest challenge. How do you fight two, two, two unstoppable forces right. when everybody's mm. against you? And um, just dipping into the lore here, the funny thing is, is that it's been abundantly clear that um, the insect um, viltrumites that Thrag is creating... Right. Um, don't have the ear weakness that a, nurture, a natural uh, vulture might have. Oh, I missed that. Uh, yeah, when Mark uh, and his daughter go to the opera, Oliver is just fine. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Oliver's just fine, and Mark and his daughter have a headache and have to go home sick. So, Speaking of Oliver, fuck that guy. He better be playing both sides. Oh, no shit, dude. I was so pissed off at Oliver. Oh, my God. Fucking he, he better be playing a long con for... Freaking Alan! <laughs> oh, dude, I was so mad. I was so Thanks mad. Alan, thank I... God he didn't blow up. That that pissed me off too until I realized he was okay. Of course, knowing Kirkman, he'll probably still put some a fist through his head. You know, he's not afraid to kill dudes, and this is the end. I'll say, I'm ready for some deep like closure. Like it's got one more year to go. Like I'm ready for some like heads to roll. I, uh, my feeling always is you, you, you don't need a massive body count to have a decent conclusion. Even in that book? Even in that book. And I think I think subverting that expectation, it, it would be more daring than, than, than confirming it. Hmm. My only problem with that, this is my only thoughts, Invincible has played the let's not fight, let's talk card so often. But it always blows up in Mark's face. But at this point... That's what I've come to expect from Invincible. Like, you want to talk about, like, you know, subverting expectations. I expect Mark to talk his way through most things these days. Oh, maybe we should, oh, you know. Oh. It's just like, I want to see a brawl. Fair enough. Let, let Otley... Let the bodies fall. Let Otley flex his art muscle with a brawl. That's what I'm saying. So... I don't know, dude. Are we gonna see? Are we gonna see Dragon in those last few pages? I, I, gonna... I doubt it. You know what I'm afraid of? Let's talk about the future. I'm afraid that Otley's gonna go like hardcore corporate, corporate comic. You'd think he would have done it by now. Well, he's been loyal to Invincible. Fair enough. And you know, one book's real hard to and do. To be fair, his style probably would fit in at Marvel or DC right now because they're they're or, both kind of going that direction. Oh yeah, yeah. My only that's my fear because I don't read any of those books. So I'm just saying I really wish whatever he would do next, he would land on some independent title I could follow. I wish he would do his own thing because I know he's got stories. Yeah. I wish he'd do his own thing and I could do. I wish he wouldn't do any corporate comic work. I know it's got to be. I tempting. think I think it's unfair to 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 say I won't read any corporate comics. I mean. I'm very selective with what I read, and I don't read very many, but what I do read are excellent. So there, there are good corporate comics out there if you just do a little homework. I'm just wishing. It's just my own personal wish. I, I just wish that he would do something kind of like how you're like, oh, man, put Corey on Science Dog. It's like, what's that Otley project that's been brewing all this time? Let's see it. Yeah, fair enough. Let's, let's see it. That's what I want. Pope. Battle Pope. <laughs> bring back Battle Pope. You know, I kept expecting him to bring back Battle Pope like 
ten years ago. They were supposed to, and then it never happened. Uh, I oh, I you, I think it's because him and Moore had a major falling out with the Walking Dead rights. Oh yeah, that yeah, was yeah. a huge mess. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I remember they had that poster. It was like Battle Pope, and it had all the characters. And then the series never came out. I was like, oh. Yeah, they were like they were doing the color reprints that was kind of supposed to lead up to it, and then it mm-hmm. yeah it never happened. Yeah. Man, that was such a long time ago. Oh, so no, I'm I'm hoping, dude. I'm hoping. And you know, Jason Aaron, or I don't know if it's Jason Aaron. I might be saying it wrong, but uh, the um, Astonishing Wolfman collaborator. God damn, I forgot about Astonishing Wolfman. Yeah, Astonishing Wolfman's collaborator. That artist hasn't gone anywhere. He's still very, very productive. Um, he did an image series with uh, Warren Ellis, even. So I'm just saying, it's like all oh, these. Oh, right, dudes... the trees. I forgot about that. Trees. That style right. is such a departure from what he did. <laughs> Big time. Man. Big time. So I'm just saying, it's kind of. I'm really interested to um, see, like you know, his Kurtman. Tree, trees wasn't very good. Yeah, it, was it not? I'm a big sci-fi guy. I like big sci-fi ideas. And three issues in, I said, "This is boring." I don't think I don't think Warren Ellis brings his A game uh, to all of his stuff. I thought Supreme Blue Rose. Sucked. Supreme Blue Rose was awesome, dude. Hmm. I mean, I'm disappointed that he didn't do anything with the Eric stuff, but goddamn, that was good. <laughs> oh, it didn't. It didn't. I think that's the thing. Grant Morrison, to, who? To, <laughs> I mean, Alan Moore. Alan Moore, who? To completely disregard everything, like to not pay it But he it did any... disregard everything. Everything is true. It was I, amazing. I didn't enjoy it too good. That, 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 I, that, I can see how that book was very acquired taste, but I thought it was great. Well, I hope that um, Kirkman does some other book. doesn't have to be Invincible. Oh, I'm sure he'll do something. I mean, I, I hope he launches something and I hope he keeps it in his invincible universe. That's a universe I would love to see more of. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of feel like he wants to like put it to bed and then maybe come back to it someday. And but, uh, outcast just, is real good. Which one's downcast or no outcast. Uh, oh, that's outcast, not right. Yeah. That's, that's his uh, demons, but they might not be demons, oh. but that's his demon. I never book. looked at that book. I should probably hmm. take a peek at it to see what the deal is. It's got a good vibe. I'm not super in love with comics that um, seem more like storyboards for TV than comics. Fair enough. So in that way, it doesn't have a lot of really like over-the-top visual elements, but the visuals are super pretty. Mm. Oh, oh just so you cool. think this is like a TV pitch? He's 100. It's getting a show already confirmed. Oh, well, fuck. Oh, wait. I think it's TV shows already on the air. Out, but I'm just... Out, yeah, yeah, oh, on, yeah, I think it's on Showtime. Oh. But it's like, that's the thing is, I always have a trouble when I'm reading a comic that doesn't have to be a comic, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this could just be a TV show. But at the same time, it's so beautiful that it's hard not to like what you're reading. So, the art on it's killer. Mm. If you get a chance, just flip through a five-page preview. The art alone is... It's written for trades. It's not really written for issues, I wouldn't say. You were the one who said you, did, you didn't like Paper Girls, right? Uh, yeah. It just, the art was beautiful. I'm but glad I didn't listen to you. <laughs> oh, everybody loves it. I'm in the minority. <laughs> yeah, it just didn't grab me, dude. It's I don't know. It's just that kind of weird science fiction 
well, the it's like a mix of the Goonies and Stand by Me and time travel. It's right up my alley. It just um, to me, you can hit me as with as much weird as you as you can muster up, but sooner or later you gotta pay the piper. You, you gotta make it make some kind of sense eventually. Otherwise, it's just a big old full of crazy so that's how i felt about paper girls is like the whole time i was like oh man i'm loving this oh man it's so weird oh man it's so crazy <sighs> okay where's this going home have you, have you tried t-shirt. monstrous no i haven't that is a well it's hard I'm, I'm not sure if it's art would be up your alley it's like really kind of like realistic while also kind of not it's kind of it's a big fantasy epic i like it I'm taking a Doom Patrol plunge tomorrow. Doom Patrol. Oh, the new Doom Patrol. I hear that's excellent. I, I'm going to be picking it up it's tomorrow. It's a $4 book, so I'm waiting for a $2 price drop on that. It's <laughs> on Cheapskate. But that is one of the DC books I'm interested in. Yeah, uh, dude, the art is absolutely bananas. And um, the writer is the Gerard Way, the guy that did like Umbrella Academy and stuff. Yeah, right. So I, I like his writing, so yeah. Oh, uh, that's I'm the there. guy. I didn't like him. Well, I only really ever read one issue of Umbrella Academy, so maybe that, and that was a long time ago. Maybe I should give it another shot. See, it's read, read the first graphic novel. I feel like the second graphic novel was weaker, but the first one's all killer, no filler. Fair enough. Yeah, it's real good. And if you only read one issue, I could see you not liking it. But believe it or not, just like I said, that's one that's just like super crazy weird, but then it all comes together. Mm. So, yeah, and, and within a single graphic novel also. So it's pretty good. I think you'll dig it. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, man. That's that's what's up in tights and fights. That's mm. what's happening in comic world. <laughs> so much. You know, it's been three months. Yeah, no, it's good stuff. Um fans savage savage fincast fans thanks for listening yep thanks for hanging out with us guys i'm sorry it's been so long uh with a new issue coming out tomorrow hopefully the turnaround will be better um Mm. we do kind of want to have craig on um and his availability is kind of wonky so we will we'll we'll try not we'll make sure we don't push it like we did last time no Um, it's it's not going to be a three-month wait again yeah definitely not definitely hopefully we won't do that again anytime soon Maybe, hopefully, probably, definitely. <laughs> that only happened because we were trying to do something special and failed. I mean, we've we learned our lesson. Yeah. Is that it's Don't just too try. <laughs> you can't do it. Just give up now. What you gonna do when your dough runs out? Ain't life a drag. <laughs> I've never heard a better way to end it. <laughs>